All right. So I'm Vanessa. And I'm Jacenia. And we are two Mexican-American Long Island millennials. And I, I don't know, we might, we might re, re, rework that intro for other episodes because maybe by now you've heard our other episodes and um, don't need us to identify just four of the sort of categories we fall into. And they're only four of many. If you haven't already heard our conversations on mental health or our thoughts on approaching 30, the inauguration, please go ahead and do so. And you don't really need them to listen to this conversation. Um, Jasenia, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're going to be getting into? Yep. So this week we are joined by the wonderful human reproductive and gender justice activist, Jazz. She goes by she, they. Jazz graciously offers insight on the importance of recognizing gender nonconformity and how cultural and linguistic barriers impede this movement for inclusion, especially as it pertains to the term Latin X, Latin X, and Latine. We want to do from a point that's as respectful as possible. Um, And it's really important to remember that a lot of people, including Jasenia and myself, are still learning about these terms and about gender inclusivity in general. So which is why we would like to give the floor to Jazz. Thank you, y'all. Oh, Nevadan is on your space, on your platform right now. Oh, my goodness. It feels so surreal um, in this virtual world. But yes, I am Jazz. I go by she, they. I am a successful person, not a successful woman. And so you can navigate that as you think of my voice right now. (laughs) But no, there is always a lot to learn. And there is always uh, room to take accountability. And there's always room for growth. And so kind of how all of this happened and we tried to have the conversation, but it was Mercury retrograde and I was just not, I like heard it and I cringed the entire time. I'm like, no, we got to do this until like after, you know, the planets or when the planets align. But how it happened was that uh, Vanessa sent an infographic of the definitions of Latinx or Latinx and Latin. And um, I think, Vanessa, you said que opinan. And I don't know if I responded right away or, or what happened, but I think that I came in after the conversation and we started talking about identity. And we, then it went into like regional identity and into, you know, talking about the different layers of what that means. And also, you know, full like, fully conscious right now in this moment just be conscious with me of like the Mexican hegemony that exists in this country that lumpness that you know a lot of white supremacy contributes to um, happens to be the the Mexican identity the Mexican American identity but that is not the only identity as we know (laughs) as part of Latino America And so in navigating our different labels, you know, I really think of them. I'm like a big overthinker. You can blame it on my Gemini moon. Yes, I'm an uh, astrology nerd. But, (laughs) um, you know, I thought about these different kind of things and how we don't want to play into anti-Indigenous thought. You know, we don't want to colonize the already colonized by claiming something that we're not, by claiming, you know, our Aztec heritage or something. If I just... So we're trying to be very careful here is what I'm getting at. And, um, you know, in the terms Latinx and Latin, a lot of people bring up that fucking Pew Research Center, that 3%. And we laughed at it the last time that it was just like, they basically went around the office and like asked every brown person, probably Spanish speaking person that they know. And I was just like, have you heard of this? You know, <laughs> and like it said in the Pew Research Center uh, footnotes, that, you know, it was a very, very sample size based off of their employees. And so a lot of people are able to use that um, as the argument that only 3% have heard, I think it was that have heard of it. And so it's just a matter of like, 
why are we talking about it? You know, like, why are we talking about it? Like, why did they create that research? Uh, why did they create that or probably poured thousands of dollars into that um, into that research? And what is the purpose of that? You know, and it also it just makes you the question to be answered is what is your proximity to LGBTQ folks that who also identify as Latinx? And it is not a new term. It is not a new term. You know, that's what a lot of people uh, think that it's um, white elites, which mean, that doesn't mean that, that that's wrong or, you know, that that's a wrong assessment. But um, Brazilian and Chilean trans activists have used that term for a really long time. And um, also thinking about, like, how colonization contributed to, um, you know, gender roles and also... If we want to go there, we can fucking go there. But capitalism, think how that kind of contributes to gender-based violence. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. You know, we're talking about the different roles that are assigned to us, what we're stepping out of. And um, I'm currently, like, I went through a big breakthrough actually recently um, because just in terms of my identity and um, I, I feel like I have to perform as a woman. I feel like I have to perform as a cisgender woman. So I speak from that label because that's what I know best, but that doesn't mean that's what I feel comfortable with. And so Latinx and Latin opens up that space for me. You know, if you use that, then that, make, that does make me feel included for people who are still trying to fucking figure it out. And one of my... Um, it's not a project, you know, my community is not a project, my community is my community. And Avanzamos is a nonprofit that I founded. Oh, it's, it's anniversary is almost a year. Hey, um, but, yay, congrats. Uh, thank you so yes, much. You're thank clapping. You so much. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can see them on Google Hangouts, y'all. So um, no, I really do appreciate that. But um, it's for Latinx LGBTQ plus folks and to have a Nevada stronghold um, in the bigger national framework called the Latinx Institute, where I actually, um, shout out to Christian, who is my former supervisor. He's the president of Latinx Institute. And so he brought me on. And then I was living in New York at that time where I met the lovely Vanessa, the incredible, Woo! beautiful, amazing Vanessa. And um, okay, I'll... thank you. <laughs> and then uh, I created Avanzamos, and we've been organizing ever since to talk about um, the difference between Avanzamos, I feel like, and like every other LGBTQ organization that exists in my state at the moment, that it's culturally driven. It is culturally driven and like um, trying to be very conscious of what that means. Uh, culture, uh, culturally driven in the binary kind of, of Latinx and uh, that Latinx American um, and what that means. And so that, I mean, we can talk about colonial violence, state violence. We can talk about so many things but I don't want to just focus on the violence, right? I want to focus on the health of and the wellness of our um, of our community. Uh, but you know, even talking about mental health, and I haven't heard y'all's podcast episode yet. Uh, I'm gonna go we right have- after. Oh, <laughs> that's why. Um, but as yeah. we speak, I was I meant to do my homework this weekend, which was to listen <laughs> to it and review it and make sure that like every there was a few yeah. things that I was like, whoa, we have to cut that out. That's not okay. Right. I. <laughs> must reform and reframe. Yes. Um, hey, baby, there's always looking. room, always room for that. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, y'all, y'all go listen to that when that airs. Okay. <laughs> and tell your friends. About It'll it probably too. be up by the time that this is, this is dropped. That'll probably be up. So oh, how exciting. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and so, you know, kind of recentering ourselves in this, um, recentering ourselves in this kind of thought right like where are we right now like for me like I you know we're going to talk about it but about me like it's so different um growing up than it is what it is now yeah um and you know I had a very special experience where um my mom never made me feel like I had to come out I just was and that is so privileged I mean that is rooted in privilege for my mother to not be like this kind of center of oppression for me. Um, And I think it stems from her being just this independent, badass woman, uh, you know, but um, 
yo prefiero que estoy libre, atrevida y loca, you know, um, calladita y bonita, like, that's, that shit is out, that shit is out, let's talk about liberation, yeah. let's talk about justice, let's talk about, you know, what, what are we going to do, what are we going to leave for our generations to come, yeah. and so, we're here. <laughs> yeah, so, actually, that really um, makes me think, so, what kinds of clothes, behaviors, and costumbres were expected of you growing up, and I use the word costumbres because, I, I, I don't know that there's an actual English translation for it in our cultural background. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of like our way of life, quote unquote, costumbre. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, th I think like immediately or at least, at least for me as like um, a heritage Spanish speaker slash um, primary use language English, my first thought was like to translate the word costumbres into customs, which like it kind of isn't like, I mean, it's it's a how you say um they have a word for for words in two different languages that sound like they would mean the same thing but they don't actually mean the same thing yeah. um but this is one of those like this is a false yeah. sort of <laughs> costumbres and customs are not the same thing but they aren't they aren't no and we talked I just wanted to point that, that out mm -hmm. yeah for the listeners who are like what are you talking about costumbres customs hello no. I'm like no That's and you know things. what that's what it is right like watering ourselves down that part of our our identity and like no costumbres means costumbres <laughs> it means like yeah. the what we grew up with and the way of life <laughs> yeah it's it's more than just like customs i don't know yeah. customs is an encompass yeah it sounds like tax and customs like as if you're flying you know yeah it just it's not I don't know. Costumbres isn't just like, what did you eat on Sunday nights? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's more than that, you know? Yeah. And that like, I think we talked about that too a little bit in the last podcast or the last recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like one thing is, for example, is like, desde niña, desde niña, you know, like, cúbrete porque tus tíos ya van a, van a venir, you know, like you're like cover up because your uncles are coming over and it's just like maybe my uncle shouldn't come over mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I know, you know I kind of I had like I don't I was I didn't even have to like be told to cover or like not that I'd like that I think anyone should be told to cover up but like it my sort of like cover up was so internalized mm. that like for me I was just always covered up, you know, like in, in school, I was literally wearing like baggy <laughs> t-shirts and as baggy clothes as possible in, in my home. Even I was just like, Oh, don't, you know, as soon as my, my, my very tiny breasts have started coming in, I was like, oh, better no. make sure these are hidden or else, you know, less, less I attract the eye of a man that I don't want to, to look at me in my own fucking home. Okay. <laughs> I was, <laughs> like that's how internalized it was well that me. perpetuates rape culture like god forbid that you know yeah. uh, a boy can't do his uh his schoolwork because my shoulder is showing like no yeah. absolutely not yeah that shit used to I, I will admit though like i personally was a person who was like covered up but i had classmates that like for them, it was more comfortable, like they were just comfortable in their own bodies or what have you. And when they would get, I don't know, told to cover up, that shit did bother me. I was like, that's not okay. Like what? So, you know, mm -hmm. classmate X can't focus because classmate B has like t a tank top on and like, I'm, su we're supposed to think that's okay. <sighs> I don't know. Like, so the, the, the gears were clicking in my head, but for, for me personally, I was so like, mm -hmm. put on those baggy clothes. <laughs> layers <laughs> and layers. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and like, I don't know, but I think as far as like things that like the sort of things I do remember, at least like as a little girl, mm -hmm. I was, I had this one uncle or like maybe he was like a distant uncle or fr family friend, but you know, everybody's Theo this, Theo that. And he would be at the, at the parties and he'd always want hugs and kisses from the little kids. And I was so uncomfortable with oh. that. But my parents were always like, That's costumbre yeah. And I was like, I don't like this one. <laughs> like, why should I? I don't like and now I'm kind of like that with small kids like I love small kids and I want them to love me back so much but I want to respect their space too like you know that shit yeah. starts when you're little like when you're being told that like when a man is looking for your attention you're supposed to give it to him even if it's not in like this sexual way but like if you're little and that's the message you're being sent 
like I hate I don't know then like that's not okay and it starts yeah. with stuff like that of like go you know tu tío. like that's not my number one I don't think that's my tío and number two like I don't <laughs> I don't know him <laughs> I don't even know his name <laughs> I literally so like uh, don't know his name he still managed to traumatize me I'm sure it was like sort of you know like quote-unquote innocent but I still I still don't think it's appropriate to like force yeah. your kids to go no. give somebody they see twice a year a hug and I a kiss. agree I think that's really important can we just like sit with that for yeah. a moment though like teaching kids and like treating them as like full like you don't have to treat them as adults to treat them as a person just fucking like yeah. give them an option, you know. Maybe they want to shake a hand instead, not a hug, not a kiss. And especially now, even during the pandemic, and I'm like, y'all really, Ugh. y'all really, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like we were letting strangers kiss our babies. Like we were literally handing babies to presidential candidates, be like, please kiss this baby. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> just Sonia, I would love to hear what you have oh thanks guys i didn't want to like jump in too much because i know the audio cuts off when there's like three of us all at once (laughs) no go off queen. well to me i think growing up my mom was largely responsible for dressing me up so if you look at pictures of me as a kid growing up up until i was probably maybe like uh nine or eight years old i would dress up in i would my mother would dress me in dresses you know, your typical cute little frilly white dresses, sundresses with those mm-hmm. cute little black little heels with the fancy socks. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The matching the hair pieces. Yes. <laughs> I yes. love that. So cute. See, our, our tias, our mommies were doing the aesthetic before, exactly. you know, <laughs> before Gen Z. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I and I liked it. I liked how I dressed when I was like I was very aware of that I was pretty and just remember thinking oh I feel like I look like a sailor scout you know I really like how I look um (laughs) and then I had this is when I started going to um Mexico and I went there for uh you know to get my um what do you call it my communion and my confirmation and um I just remember like lots of men kind of sitting by the streets or like the guys at the arcade on the corner and just kind of whistling at me and it made me really uncomfortable and I would tell my aunt who she actually was not even that much older than me and I would say to her they're saying these things to me they're they're whistling and I don't like it and she would say just put keep your head down don't look at them and just keep walking and I kept saying to myself isn't there another way to walk around these guys then I don't want to have to keep passing and they weren't that much older some of them like they were like teenagers maybe but I was like nine and they would and then one day I it just occurred to me I go hey I'm just going to wear baggy pants and a big shirt and not show off anything. Let's see them try to whistle at me now. They probably think I'm some kind of little boy. And no, they started to compliment my feet. They would say I have pretty eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I I felt so like nauseated. I think that was the, the, that's when I finally realized I was like, this is the kind of attention that I don't want. And then middle school came and then things got complicated. And I think that really messed with me because suddenly all the girls in middle school wanted that kind of attention, you know, the compliments like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. you know, girls are, you know, they're visibly like maturing. Right. You know, yeah. And I kept thinking, I'm like, no, you, you don't want to expose yourself. You don't want to show off this and that. And mm-hmm. there were conversations like whisperings um, with my mom that I would overhear and her sisters and cousins about how I was like, they were like, your daughter's so lucky. Like she because I, I was very slow in like delaying, like I was mm-hmm. a little bit more atrasada, like you know, my friends were already mm-hmm. wearing bras and I was like in seventh grade and I still wasn't wearing a bra and because I didn't really know this rapidamente como ellas. So mm-hmm. then I was like, but 
why why is this like why is this happening to everyone else but me and then I that's what I'm saying like middle school for me was so complex and on top of that when I would go back to Mexico like I said the chiflando you know the the just the 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 cat calling really just really pissed me off and it angered me and cat calling if you're walking down the okay well so first of all let's like address like let's check this a conversation at the table is that like whether it's one man or like five men like it's gonna I'm gonna cross the street like I don't trust any of it like it's rather you know it's being safe and sorry but two the question I was gonna ask is that have you noticed that as you've grown older that you're if you're walking on the street you get less catcalled I hmm like just sit on it if you have to but I've noticed that I've like I'm Kirby and <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I was really young you know I like I was um, you know skin and skin and bones and like we praise that because of fucking fat phobia and whatnot which we can go into just body neutrality is really the goal here but anyways um, I just kind of noticed that like I don't know like I feel like the younger that you know, a lady appears, the more attraction there is. And I was actually talking to a friend this past weekend about like sex, about healthy sex. And just like, if you shave your vagina, that doesn't make it feel any better. And like, it's rooted in pedophilia to me, because it it just, I think that deep again, you know, I'm very (laughs) analytical. But it's just like, why do you want like someone that you're having sex with to have to go through the pain, the expenses, and it's just so weird to like prefer like a baby bottom kind of and it's just you know I hate putting it that way but I I need everyone listening to this to be kind of conscious of that of how kind of it seeps in and then Jasenia like you brought up a really good point about like how we start seeking attention in middle school when we start blossoming because that's what we're taught you know like I was um in another another conversation (laughs) um my dad was asking how like all my primas were and all of that not my primos my primas about how they were and used marriage as a measure of success you know and so it was like that's what we've always been taught that that's the goal here and like personally marriage isn't a goal for me like children aren't a goal for me and you know for I think different reasons but like I'm really trying to establish myself and it's just like why don't we have business showers you know like we would like a baby shower and stuff like that yeah no yeah I for me I think when I started to have these sort of uncomfortable conversations with my mom it happened around college when I told her about like how I was catcalled in Mexico and how that's why that's actually one of the main reasons why I didn't want to go back to Mexico and I still don't because I jazz I know that you're very familiar with this and I read I read about it all the time and it breaks my heart all the time but there's an insane amount of indigenous women that are constantly being kidnapped raped silenced Mm -hmm. it really upsets me because there's nobody like I wish there was so much more that could be done for indigenous women and Mm -hmm. you know I'm looking at the quote that you have up here calladita te ves mas bonita that's that's really what we're that fuck that yeah (laughs) I know I hate that like straight up it's terrible it's terrible like why why shouldn't we speak out and like not to like to your point Jasenia like, this isn't something that is, like, across the border. This is something that's down the street for me. Nevada has so many tribes, so many Native tribes. And the mining industry is so freaking huge here that I didn't even know about it. And I grew up in Nevada. I was born and raised in Nevada. Um, and Nevada is the fourth largest producer of gold in the world. Whoa. And with that brings man camps that they call uh, or extract or extraction camps like mining extraction camps but man camps for mm-hmm. sure and they're linked to the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls and two spirits and we had a case here again like 30 minutes away 40 minutes away uh 25 if you're if you're me driving <laughs> um, <laughs> 
the uh, no. I, I don't remember. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name specifically, but it absolutely broke my heart because it was only a couple months ago, um, or a couple weeks ago, I think. But a an indigenous woman um, was pregnant, and her boyfriend murdered her in front of her kids. Um, and that's just not, you know, that is not like that. I'm just trying to draw the distinction of all of like the gender roles that are based on us and you know there are different things and I don't I I would never want to speak on indigenous uh issues as someone who's not um but just link it together link the colonial violence the capitalist violence and you know calladita de ves mas bonita translates into uh for our listeners into uh pretty um quieter you look prettier and that's not fucking okay. Like abroad, there is a global movement, ni una menos, and that um, speaks to the femicide happening into our home countries, you know, and just thinking a little bit deeper about just like, how do we protect the ones in our home, you know, and also like a lot of the time, the, the, so the criticism that happens, but, um, you know, when sexual assault happens, and April is actually Sexual Assault Awareness Month, um, but it's always, she was someone's daughter. She was someone's wife. Stop. She was a person. Stop attaching. Yeah, she was her. someone. Stop attaching her to men to make her valuable. She was a, she was a life, you know, um, and black trans yeah. women, you know, we can go there too. And that's just, they have the life expectancy of 35, of 35 years old. I, that's 11 years away from me. Could you imagine like fitting your entire life in that? And in those 11 years for like, if it were me, if I was a black trans woman, you know, greater risk at homelessness, greater risk of food insecurity, job discrimination, not to mention the cultural barriers that exist uh, within our black and brown trans community. So I just want us all to kind of sit with that, that this, you know, calladita de ves mas bonita, like it's just don't, if you're if you're shrugging it off it's just a phrase it's just a saying no it's a costumbre it's a way of life and it needs to change i feel like that was a mic drop moment that was a very tie into like the costumbres, but yeah, it, I think I don't know, it's as a person who still lives in a household with my father and my brothers, it's really interesting to see the, I guess, sort of their little machismoisms dropping here and there. My younger brother, not so much. Number one, he doesn't live in this house, but number two, he, I don't know how or, or why exactly and to what extent, but for him, he's, he's very, at least I get the impression that he seems very satisfied with the fact that his fiance is like a strong and independent woman who literally just keeps him around because she wants to, not because she needs him. Period. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so I think Greg, my little brother, he's, he's very like, he's, tuned into that and I'm so like yes Greg but my older brother let's not go into brothers let's not go into brothers (laughs) it's a whole nother realm although let's talk about the costumbres (laughs) let's let's go there Justenia go off can can I just say like about my little brother who's 11 years old you know what he said to me we were watching Mm -hmm. the movie Soul right from Disney plus it dropped right Mm -hmm. And we were trying to figure out, I was figuring out what Terry was, you know, what his gender is. Is he a boy? Is he a girl? And he goes, Jess, you can't assume genders anymore. Period. Kevin. 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 I I was thinking, I was like, Kevin, you just like, you just said that you, a little 11 year old. He's like. Yeah. So don't what's discount wrong? them. Yeah, I was like, don't discount. You're them. like, yeah. So what's wrong with that? I have opinions too, and I was like, 
I love you. I love you. I'm so proud of him. I love my- I don't even know him. I love my brother. Oh, you're going to love him. You never <laughs> meet him. He- when I met this kid, I literally said to Jasenia, I cannot have children. They won't be that good. <laughs> like, he's just such a good little reader. And he's, oh he's a little thoughtful person. Like, you talk to him and yeah. he'll take a minute to think and then he'll speak. He's He asks questions. He's a little questioner. Stop. Like, yes. My heart is, like, yearning for my nephew right now. I love my <laughs> nephew so much. He's a... Unfortunately, he's a Scorpio man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I do love him. Um, my nephew is amazing. And that reminded me so much of, they just think so critically. I mean, my nephew is going to high school um, this year. And I was I, like in August and I'm like, he's going to be okay. Like, I just know it, but I'm, you know, I'm afraid for him. But it's also, you know, like what healthy examples of, uh, male identity does he have in his life so he can you know conform to what he wants and what he doesn't and um, I think by nature you know um, another costumbre is like babying the fuck out of your son yes like hello the double oh. standards uh, period my god yes period okay so and like let's just talk about like what that means for men too you know like I feel like we're really focused on like us mm-hmm. and you know putting the pressure on them putting the pressure on, like men are three to four times more likely to commit suicide that's not a laughing matter that's not a joke and that's because y'all weren't fucking taught to you know talk about your emotions yeah. but no they're humans first they deserve to feel they deserve to feel like they have access to health care without shame but so many things are rooted in shame body image you know mental health um, the costumer that we talked about, about, about like how we felt about um, our maturity and how and blossoming and all of that. And it's just so crazy to me. But even just like <laughs> washing the dishes, like, mom, like, hello, can he wash the dishes? <laughs> Actually, I was very lucky in that way because like my my dad, he unlucky because he was one of those, you know, like. Like, go wash those dishes. And then I'd get to the kitchen and Joaquina would literally turn me around. She'd be like, go to your room, go read your books. Yes, we love Joaquina. And her her word, you know, obviously was on top of my dad's word. So, like, <laughs> mom said, mommy said I could read, so I didn't help with the <laughs> Vanessa's mom is, I think, a few I want to say maybe she is a little bit more than a few years older than my mom but it took my mom a while to kind of um you know sit down and really talk to me about what's important I think it didn't that didn't happen until I was in high school when my mom started talking Mm. to me and having conversations to me about what's important Mm. for me to be happy and she um Mm. said that in the beginning when we were much more catholic um, it was, you know, getting married, having kids, things like that. Yeah. That was the expectation growing up. And, you know, mm-hmm. siempre portándote bien, respetar a los, you know, a toda la gente, you know, don't look at people yeah. in the eyes, things like those little mm-hmm. things. Um, and then, but through high school, she started to say, you know, go to college, study, study. I just want you to study. I want you to get an education. And, you know, mm-hmm. don't worry about settling down with a man. You know, and she she still had that expectation of me to have to be married and have a kid. And actually, even now, like sometimes when I do look sad, she probably she says to me, you just need to find someone you need to find a man and then you'll be happy. like, I'll have that conversation. It's like, no, mom, I need to go on medication. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was probably a poor joke in faith. Mom, I need need store-bought serotonin mine isn't mine is expired no, I think. no los hombres traen más problemas. <laughs> no didn't we say that in the last yes. one too we did. <laughs> no no I, I don't know if I said this in the last one but like Joaquina straight up told me like the day that she she my mom um cleaned houses when I was growing I mean she still cleans houses and she had this client who had a niece who uh, was a professor at Harvard, I think, or like she, she, I don't know, was related to Harvard in some way or another, but she lived in Cambridge and she had a husband. And the day that that marriage ended, Wakina literally came to my house and said, you can, you know, I need, you need to find a career that you like and that supports you because 
having a man is nice, but a career isn't going to wake up at midnight and decide it doesn't love you anymore and doesn't want to be a father anymore. So I can still the ad. I can still the ad. That's what she would say. We can end this podcast episode right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was yeah, I'm 12 <laughs> you're 12 and now I have trust reading your books <laughs> um, that's funny no but like but like I mean obviously it built confidence in me as a young lady but at a certain point like so much of that message was kind of like now I don't trust anyone <laughs> like, yeah yeah no. but also you know you have to be able to rely on on yourself but also reach out to your network but also yeah (laughs) (laughs) the bind it up has a series called navigating as where people have the opportunity to share their personal journeys towards finding their voices jazz shares her personal piece titled Navigating as a cisgender, queer, and spiritual Latinx. Yo soy solida. Yo soy completa. Aligned with purpose, with privilege, and in recognition of those who have fought for my generation to have and act upon dreams. I am successful, not as a woman, but as a person. I am fulfilled, not as a woman, and for damn sure, not by society's standards. I mean, I'm childless. My idea of children are plants and a stuffed animal. (laughs) Um, But I fight like hell should people decide that they don't want to have children. But similarly, should they do that uh, we grow into a better world than the one that we're living in now? I am a survivor, not just of my family's and my culture's expectations of me, but of this exotic, fierce Latina archetype that men have felt the need to dominate through violent and abusive means. I am spiritual, or religious as some may call it, not because I go to church more than Christmas and Easter masses, but because my ancestors and angels walk with me every day. Now, think of the parent trap metaphorically, but like with rosaries, a mini statue of La Virgen de Guadalupe in every room, and Arosi Mole on Sundays. Lindsay Lohan iconically played long lost twins who found each other through summer camp. And so for me, growing up was like one personality, one twin, who I thought was what I should conform to and live up to. And the other twin was, would be who I am underneath and destined to become. And also with the exception that I didn't have summer camp, your girl was poor. Um, And I grew up with everything I could ever need. And well, when you know better, you do better. And growing up, well, I wasn't raised to love my textured frizzy hair or my brown eyes. When the sunlight catches them, they remind me of Café de Oya. They remind me of home. And I was ashamed of my mommy's truck who had a big American flag and a big ball of the eagle painted on it. I cringe thinking about how I asked her to drop me off a few blocks away from school. And well, I guess as a kid, you don't understand the blood, the sweat, the tears and sacrifice that uh, allowed my mommy to have this truck as a brown immigrant woman and single mother. And in in retrospect, I was my own worst enemy. And as far as my actual home, I made an enemy of it too, along with the church. Well, God forbid I wear a spaghetti strap when the mis tios or los amiguitos de mi hermano come around. God forbid I love and feel comfortable in my body. I couldn't even watch the global phenomena that is Shakira's hips don't lie when it came out because it was too much skin, too much movimiento, too much sexy. And maybe we have diet culture and capitalism to thank for some of this, but definitely society's views, uh, women existing for men's pleasure and benefit. But I was never comfortable in my body. I was continuously and consistently living outside of it. Uh, flaquita, calladita, obediente. While I had so many questions inside and a deep desire to feel connected and understood especially by God. 
I found later that it was God who had to be connected and understood to me. Valuing myself for who I am, who I truly am and grew into be was critical as I broke out of these molds and existed for my own benefit and pleasure. When I explored uh, outside of Eastside Las Vegas, Nellis's Boulevard and into things like Nashir and Buddhism, my gay literature and a $30 vibrator, I found that my God is a spiritual, all loving, not judgmental God, not one that Republicans or centrists use to justify their racism or controlling reproductive bodies, but that my God is my ancestors who transcended, my, who speaks to me in my dreams, who sends me signs that I'm protected, loved, and highly favored, and who accepts me all the same. I Jazz, thank you so much. I, I looked at your piece, Navigating as a Cisgender Spiritual Latinx Piece. I watched the video on Instagram when you sent it out. And I I mm-hmm. I listened to it the first time and I screamed. <laughs> I don't know if you remember my messages or like <laughs> I immediately liked because you, through your piece, you gave a voice that I, you articulated things that I didn't know how to articulate that I didn't know you know you you basically labeled what I was feeling and I was like what is this feeling what are these thoughts and I think you did that to so many people who feel misunderstood and don't know how to process you know everything that is that comes with being who we are Um, I think we're very unique and I'm not trying to put us above anyone else but I sometimes do feel that as you know, um, women, women of, you know, first generation Mexican immigrant parents, women of just the just of Mexican heritage as well. Um, You know, growing up being having the privilege to get an education and travel around the United States, meeting different people from different cultural upbringings and things like that. You know, it it does sort of put us against a wall of like, a lot of a mirror I want to say and we have to look at ourselves all the time and reflect all the time who are we who are we and what do I want to be Vanessa (laughs) we're like waiting for you (laughs) same I was just I was processing I feel like I'm still processing because as Jazz um Jazz as Jasenia pointed out about Jazz's piece is like there's it's there's so much and there's so many like I guess sort of <laughs> sort of to bring back what Jasenia was saying is like the mirror the reflection you know and of like I don't know I think so much art of art at least for me is like the ability to sort of number one for the the artist to express themselves um, but I think part of what I guess like resonated for me was I, I like that I don't even I don't I don't know I, I just I mean I want to say a little bit more though too when you talk I think what resonated with please. me and what I'm still going through in jazz this is really like something that I would like to talk to you one-on-one with outside of the podcast I already talked to Vanessa about it but when you talk about you know like being sort of against this machismo like really fighting against it and trying to sort of that that's like one of your your missions and you bring that up multiple times throughout your piece that to me resonated with me because you know I am a victim of child abuse sexual abuse um also just recently I was a victim of sexual harassment and to me I it's 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 never gonna stop I feel like and and it just I want it to stop I want it to kind of go I not kind of I want it to go away and Mm -hmm. when I was much younger when I was in um you know uh like I want to say like the second year of college where I was again a victim of these kinds of acts I just I had for a thought you know, I wanted just men to disappear. I was like, I just want them to go away. And, you know, people might think, oh, you're a man hater, things like that. That's not it. That's me reacting to violence. 
That's me trying to find an escape from these feelings of fear and terror. And, you know, going back to religion and, and sexiness and gender and all these things, like, I, I, I go back to my Catholicism because I do believe in God. And I feel like whenever I turn to God, things, I feel protected. I feel that there is some sort of, like, forgiveness you know, that's what they teach us to forgive. Right. And then I think to myself again, I'm like, no, this isn't working out either. So what do I do? I wear baggy clothes still. I cover up every little part of my body again. Yeah. And then I try not to go into those gender tropes. Oh, I'm going to laugh at you, even though you weren't funny. You know, like I just it's just I'm a mess. Yeah. I feel like a mess. And you, your peace. You are. <laughs> you <laughs> No, like I say that with a lot of love because I like working through things. No, but like let's let's like, you know, there's a lot of pieces to this and I just first want to say that I'm so so incredibly fucking sorry. But when I went through that, all I could think of is rage. Honestly, like I just felt rage and it was unadulterated for a while and it was very much festering inside of me and trying to um and I was in a new relationship at that time and I ended up projecting a lot of that shit on him and that wasn't okay for me to do either but I forgive myself for that first off but I think when you go through such a life-changing and you know that's the thing is that we don't talk about the life-changing altering effects that that happens afterwards after every single time because I find a lot that the People who have been abused, it's not only once. People who have been assaulted and violated, it's not once. It's more, it's, there's harassment, there's, you know, stalking, there's this and that. And it compounds you and, and it crushes you and it will crush you, you know. Um, but how you choose to get up, I tried to find solace in my Catholic upbringing too. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, but recently you know, I've, I've been reckoning with a lot of, you know, all of that, a lot of that happened in 2016 and 2017. And it's 2021 now. So I'm really, I'm going through it. And I just, I don't want to talk over you or or feel like that. But I I promise I'm getting somewhere. Um, But recently, I was uh, that that last piece that I wrote was, was something that happened the day before International Women's Day. So on the 10th, Um, It was a Sunday and I sat down, you know, with my madrina who I've told I was gay, who I've told about, you know, the place that I work and the things that I do. And um, she, before me me ofreció agua, (laughs) she sat down and she asked me, why do you have depression? That must mean that you don't believe in God. And for me, that was really disrespectful because I can't even believe in myself. And I think, you know, I think that on my best days, I believe that I can do absolutely everything, every fucking thing that I can do. But if I don't have faith in myself, they they tell me to reach for God and I can't reach. It's like my arms were cut off. And that's how my mental health feels like. That's how like me dealing with my trauma feels like that. I just want to be enraged. I just want to be involved. And now it's just all of that healing has happened and so I'm able to articulate better but I also a lot of the healing you know in my old old blog posts um you can still sense that and that's how I also healed and I think one size not doesn't fit all but the different layers of our identities definitely affect the I, way you that know we what heal. I want to say that I agree with that statement that I think that's what I was getting to that's what I wanted to say that your piece did that it basically said our layers of identity is is a it's a contributing factor and it's not you know it's not a bad thing um you know we talked about this in our mental health episode Vanessa but I don't want people to think that because of these things that have happened to me that I'm helpless you know that I can't do anything about it um I I'm working through it I'm definitely stronger now I'm much more you know I'm Okay. Like, I'm, I don't want to say like, I'm handling things better. You know, I'm, I'm figuring out, I'm figuring things yeah. out. And I like that it's me, like I am in control. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm deciding these things is in the past, the past yeah. me wouldn't, would let everything take mm-hmm. over.
and be up you know some days it's okay to feel helpless it's okay to feel like you can't do anything because you can't do anything about it when you're deep in the trenches all you can do is be in those damn trenches and that's it just let yourself be in those trenches and then get out the next day if you have to and that's just something my mom has instilled in me and i everything that you've made through this far it only goes to it only speaks to your character and to your strength and how te vas a levantar you know so it's hard but <laughs> a huevo. <laughs> a huevo. i was like why do i picture my mom saying that to me too like yeah but change what we can change absolutely change the attitudes don't just be like well this happened to me you know like you, you you're the one who brought up all the native women and the uh the missing and murdered indigenous women um and that's you know something that we continuously be conscious of that i think that's what happens is that when we go through these traumas and we go through these violence we're like we don't want anyone to ever feel like this again yeah that's that yeah i'm learning that people there are going to be more bystanders that are gonna do nothing because the past you know is I can't articulate it well right now, but well, yeah. it's for their comfort. It's for a their lot comfort, the and they don't have the tools <laughs> and the you know the mental tools, the the articulation to 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 speak against these kinds of atrocities. That's what they are. They're atrocities. Yeah, yeah, and they're tragedies. You know, they're deaths of our former yeah. selves. And but you, there's rebirth. There's rebirth and it's not no, an it's easy not. process. And but the tools that you gain from it allows you to empower other people. And so you use your power to empower. And that's really powerful, Jasenia. And thank you so much for being vulnerable with me. Because that's its own strength in its own. Weakness yeah. is strength. What we deem as well, weakness is really just vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, yeah quotes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love thank you, you. Well, I'm gonna message you when you want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Thank I'm you. here for you. I feel honored to have made this connection. <laughs> she said, "Now give me credit." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Give me credit that you guys are thank friends." You. <laughs> thank you. Okay, roses, thorns, and buds. I see. Yeah, let's do it. Um, sure. Roses. What is my rose for this week? Oh, I'm, I'm kind of I'm struggling here. My thorn is that I feel like um, pues, que no estoy feliz en <laughs> my bud <laughs> is that que estoy buscando nuevos <laughs> I guess my rose is that tonight I'm going to be working on the cover letter. So I'm at for a thing I'm very excited about. So, okay. Uh, my rose is that I, oh man, I'm freaking out too. Okay. Here's my rose. <laughs> oh, okay. My rose is that I have been hydrating more. So I'm drinking approximately four bottles of water Snaps. every day. Um, thorns, uh, I don't know. I don't really, I, I really try not to focus on the bad, but like something that kind of, I guess was really bothering me lately was just that, um, my nails, <laughs> my nails, I just got them done a week ago and I ruined my thumb and my middle fingernail. And it's just really bothering me because now I'm like, crap, I can't look at this. That is so Virgo of you, like, can. Oh, <laughs> it has to be very, like, perfect. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, I know, but now this thumbnail looks long, yeah. my right thumbnail looks longer than oh, the no. other. Oh, no, oh, no, goodbye, good night. <laughs> oh, no. so I can't look at my fingernails too much. Just cut it off. <laughs> just I kidding. don't want to. No. it up, <laughs> be more angry. <laughs> um, my buds. Um, I'm learning how to like. I'm really excited to be connecting with people like you, Jazz. Like, I'm really looking at people that I'm 
I'm making the effort to want to to be vulnerable with these kinds of people. I'm taking risks. I haven't done that in a really long time. So I just want to say again, thank you, Vanessa, for connecting Jazz and I. And uh, shout out to my sister, Maria, because we're really like, we're like sisters, you know, we, like I told Vanessa this, but we sometimes go on and off. And like, now we really like talked about why we keep going on and off as friends. And now we're, we're so much more closer than ever. So that's what my butt is like connecting with people like you. Stop. Well, my rose is definitely this podcast. Let's start with the positive, but I'm going to end with the positive too, like a sandwich. Um, <laughs> my rose is definitely this podcast. It's very healing for me. I love orating and speaking my thoughts. And I'm just really freaking grateful for this platform and this space. And for both of you as beautiful inside and out um, individuals. Um, and then my buds. Oh, I'm starting. I, well, I started a new medication uh, for my mental health. So that's super exciting. Um, and my thorn, I just, I just be tired, yo, like simply just, I just (laughs) (laughs) like to put it simply, like, I don't know, I'm trying to make sure that I pick my battles, like that quote or whatever is not meant for me, like I want to battle it all, you know, like I see an injustice and I can't be like, look the other way, which like, in general is like good for an activist, but like as a human, <laughs> as an individual, <laughs> not the best. Um, so I'm yeah. really trying hard to balance that and yeah. like work and stuff. And just, you know, um, I find more that I am un- unapologetically me, but at the same time, a lot of people don't know that I'm really fucking insecure. I'm really insecure. Um, and, you know, when you called me, like, when you referred to me or you referenced me as an artist, Vanessa, like, that was, like, oh, my gosh. That made me, like, tremble. I was, like, what? <laughs> no! And, like, as a writer, like, I try, I just, I'm trying to be more comfortable with that and giving myself credit where credit is due. And, um, and with the positive, I've been seeing and trying to connect a little bit more with my family safely, socially distant <laughs> with masks. Yeah, but it feels so good. It feels so good. But yeah. Yeah, well, I think I think we should also very quickly, though, um, shout out to some of the resources that we used um, to educate ourselves a little bit for this episode. Um, just because as we mentioned at the top, I think there's still a number of, of folks who might not even know the history of Latine, Latinequis, Latinex. Um, so some of these sources that are in the episode description are the resources that we pulled from that give a little bit of that, bring you more up to speed on, um, I guess, where, where these terms kind of kind of sit because as uh, Jazz mentioned before, they, they're not brand new. Like they were, they didn't just like come out of a dictionary yesterday. So there's there's some history behind them and I think it's worth worth educating yourselves on. So <laughs> we have that in the episode description. And Jazz, is there anything else you want to plug besides your almost one year old Oh my baby yes. So that's <laughs> Avanzamos Envy. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I I let Jasenia you know she was breathing, <laughs> breathing into the phone. <laughs> See, I'm a good friend. I'm gonna let you know if you have something in your teeth or something like that. No, but um, no. I mean, honestly, the easiest way is just link tree. <laughs> link tree. Um, um, because I do Latinx LGBTQ focused work culturally driven work so yes Avanzamos is my baby um we we love her and uh you could just follow me on Instagram like connect with me honestly like I love connecting with people comment on the stories you know if you want you could read my blog posts I guess and um yeah I'm always posting what I'm up to so do that um by the time that this is uh, aired, actually, I think we tried for the 26th. Is, it's already past our lobby days, but, um, you know, get involved, you know, do the work. 
everything that we're talking about, like do something about it if it makes you feel just as enraged, you know, and that means you can volunteer. That means you can talk to your families about it. That means you can, you know, just don't, um, you don't hesitate on your own power. So let's connect. Bye, y'all. Thank you again. And with that, thank Thank you, Jazz. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Vanessa. You're amazing. (laughs) Jasenia, thank you. Pop an emoji. (laughs) Bye, everyone.